cream. Nobody? Okay, no cream. This is Dirt and Sprague. Guys, we've made a great effort so far. Let's just keep it up. That's right. We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure. We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. A lot of pressure. You gotta rise above it. Mm-hmm. You gotta harness into good energy, block out the bad. Harness, energy, block, bad. Feel the flow happy. Feel it. It's circular. Dirt and spray gone 1080. Hey guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? Alright. Well, see you later. The fan. Your reign on the top was short like hey, that. Right here on Poland Sports Leader 1080, the fan, and then 5HD2, the Odyssey app. Thanks for being with us on a Tuesday. Hope your mornings are going great. We survived Snowmageddon 2023. Nasty out there. We will rebuild. We will rebuild. Get to the mail sack coming up in 10 minutes. Sprague's cramping on my mail sack style today, too. We got some good sack questions coming what in. I mean, I'm cramping. I got to go right to a Sfindiari. I, I don't have an extra segment to unload the bag. We got to be on the clock. And we got to mine our P's and Q's in that segment. Be on right? the clock and shut up. Hey, I'm two for two so far. Am I two for two so far? I'm doing I'm doing okay. Uh, doing okay. You came back at 801. 801. It's 801. The yeah. updates. You, you were right here. You were. It the was, first segment taken over there at the bottom of the hour. We were, we were a little late getting to that last Well, because I got into the segment late. This jackass over here only gave me five minutes. Sweet. Let's go, show beef. Let's go right I hit now. like I hit it a 78% clip on the clock. <laughs> Don't fact check that. Um, more like 68. What's the deal with 69? this guy? <laughs> it is Valentine's Day. Nice. No. No. no, you're below that. We got some good uh, Valentine's Day Thank sack you. questions coming in. <laughs> Thank you. Let me ask you this. What's the deal with this guy? So lost in the shuffle of this weekend was the announcement that Zion Williamson is hurt again. (laughs) This was going to be in my basket basket blue balls. I I think this is bigger than a basket blue balls. I think it it stands out a little bit more. Um, They have given him a contract extension. They, prior to his injury, were 23 and 14. I got a buddy who's a CJ over Dame guy, and I was getting a lot of text messages. You do not have a real friend. I have a real CJ friend over Dame that is guy? a CJ over Dame. There's a lot of beef. Every time, every, there's a lot of beef Name in the text. Names. Uh, Scott. Scott is a CJ over Dame guy. Always has been, always will be. Wow. Scott. Scott, yeah. CJ over Dame. I know. I know. We've tried. I don't know what happened to I him. I do a podcast post show. I don't know who dropped him on his head as a child, but something <laughs> went wrong, and he's a CJ over Dame guy. And uh, we were getting a lot of texts in the feed early in the season when they were 23 and 14. I bet you were. One of the top seeds yeah. in the West. Hey, yeah. here comes, and, and the, the immediate count argument was it's not because of CJ, it's because of Zion Williamson, who is one of, when he's on the floor, the most unstoppable players in the NBA. He got hurt. They have lost 14 and 20, and in that stretch also lost 10 games in a row. And they are now, what, 29 28, somewhere in there, 30 29, somewhere in that They're range. They're in the bottom of the West. They are the seventh seed right now. They're only a game and a half ahead of your Portland Trailblazers and a game and a half ahead of you know, being outside of the playoff window in the play in situation. And they announced, he was supposed to be back at some time soon, and he re aggravated it. And now they're saying, ah, we'll figure it out after the All Star break. Here we go again. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, he's one of the more exciting players to watch in the league. The impact, obviously, New Orleans is experiencing the impact of him. Like, you know, all jokes aside about the Dame CJ stuff. CJ's a fine player, but good you, player. you're kind of seeing what a team with CJ is when you don't have the superstar out there. He's a number two or number three at number three most likely. Yeah, I think he's a good. He's a really good number three. Not quite enough for me size wise to be a great number two. Um, but that's neither here nor there because they're not they don't have their guy. They they've fallen off the face of the planet since he got hurt 
And it's it's not that it's surprising, but they've got enough talent, I thought, to weather that storm. They've just cratered. And now you kind of wonder how much farther it's going to fall. This sounds like, based on the reporting, this sounds like one of those, he's not back until the final two, three weeks of the season. And that's alarming. Like, if I'm a Pelicans fan, I think you're already kind of used to it because he sat out all of last year and lived in Portland while your team had their season. Um, which he actually made a note of that. He's like depressing. He was like a year ago. I was just in Portland doing nothing. And now, you know, he's unfortunately dealing with this again. This is just, you never want to completely run with medical stuff when you're not a doctor, but as a fan, I don't know how you don't kind of go to the, his body type might just be this extraordinary athlete, very explosive, but huge frame, not really meant to play 82 games every year. He He's, you can't count on that guy to be healthy. You can count on him to be a good player when he is playing, but that's few and far between. I know they they signed the extension. You don't get rid of him. I mean, he he's the reason people buy tickets. So you, you just, for that purpose, you keep him around. Let alone he's a really good basketball player when he actually plays. It just, you feel for him. You know he wants to be out there and play, but he's kind of heading down the avenue of Anthony Davis. He just, every time he plays, he tweaks something or Something goes on with his body, and he he can't sustain a full season. Rookie year was 24 games. Yep. Year two was 61. Yep. That's the highest he's hit, and he will not hit that this year. Uh, year three, as you mentioned, was out all of last season. And now in year four of a possible, what would it be, 59-ish games, 58-ish games? Somewhere around there. Uh, he has played in 29 of them. And, and, and he he's was going to be out for the next couple of weeks. Dude, he was awesome. Like, he was averaging 26 points, seven rebounds, five and a half assists, shooting 60% from the floor. He plays bully ball, too. He's, he doesn't even force the three. He just goes in, and he does what LeBron used to do when he was younger. Like, you're not going to stop me. I'm more athletic and bigger than you. Good luck. And, I, you know, they were one of the fun teams to watch at the beginning of the year when they rolled that out, and he stayed healthy at the beginning. Him, Ingram, CJ. I mean, that's yeah. a decent little team in the Western Conference. It's, it's a fun team. They've You know, they've got wing players as well that are pretty good. You know, uh, uh, their point guard, his name is just blanked, and I just blanked his name, but... Uh, he's been a fun little turnaround story for his career. Like th- that's a good team. Unfortunately, he's not there, and they can't seem to put it together at all without him. Yeah, I just, I, I, I think the question here too that's looming is like, what, what is? I mean, you mentioned you can't get rid of him, and I, I like it's New Orleans. They are desperate for relevancy in that in that market. Nobody really, I think, cares about basketball down in in New Orleans. That's a football town. And so you're desperate for any sort of attention that you can have. And he's undoubtedly going to sell tickets and draw interest to your team. But I, you're, you're starting to get it. Like, at what point do you get into that territory of how much of a player that can't stay healthy? Like, how much is he worth? Because like, at some point, you're going to get to a fork in the road if this continues. This is four years in the NBA. This is four years of this. Now, again, year two was a little bit better. He got to 61 games. But when that's your high water mark in four years in the NBA. Yeah, that's not good. He's not going to hit that this year. He's already missed. I mean, yeah, but we're, we're it is Greg Oden bordering stuff. on Greg Oden stuff. And so, I, like, I, I see your point about, like, hey, you got to keep, like, Zion is what is attracting people to basketball in New Orleans. But at what point do you hit that fork in the road and you have to go the other direction? I mean, if I just, like, Okay, so let's play your friend's game here, the Dame-CJ thing for a second, okay? If I told you Damian Lillard had a team around him of Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, Trey Murphy, Jonas Valanciunas, what would their record be? 
500, slightly above. So you think you don't think there's any difference with Dame versus taking CJ out of that lineup? Well, you took I disagree with that. you took Zion out of your potential lineup, and without well, Zion, they're significantly below 500. Yeah, but my yeah, but my point is like when you have a better player in place of C, I just I think if you put Dame on that team. They're not cratering like this. No, no. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I think without Zion in the lineup, they're like 14 and 22. Sure, but I'm saying even with him out of the lineup, you put Dame in there to the argument of Dame-CJ stuff. I know it's kind of irrelevant to the Zion injury, but <laughs> I can't help but look at that roster and go, God, I would kill for that roster in Portland. A lot of length, a lot of athleticism. And it's a little a little questionable of why they are the way that they are. I mean, even Dyson Daniels, I mean, he's a nice little rookie for them defensively, not much offensively, but... Um, I, I can't believe how bad they are. It's a surprising thing, and I know Ingram's dealt with his injuries this year as well. But, you know, I your Zion point about what you do going forward. Because I don't believe that they, have give, they haven't given him an extension yet, have they? I'm confused on this. But, see, here's the thing with Zion. Um, I still think he's worth it. Because even if it's a, th- a four-year deal, five-year deal, he's not going to play most seasons. 61, as you mentioned, is the high watermark. Eh. So, when he plays, he's how stinking good. When he plays, how full is the arena? I know those things don't always sound great to say out loud, but a lot of teams operate with that. And also, in the off chance, not that it will happen, but in the off chance that somehow he changes his body type slightly or figures out a different kind of regimen in some way, there's the off chance he does do something to turn it around health wise. I know nobody's holding their breath on that, but you gotta. I think if you're the Pelicans, you hold out that hope because the last thing you'd want to do is see him depart and you know go find a, a nice place somewhere. And now they're cashing in on the name recognition that he's playing, and maybe that off chance that he stays out there a little more consistently. It, it's a no brainer for New Orleans. It's just really unfortunate for the player. This is kind of who he is and who he has been. I want to look up how many games Greg played in four years and comp that to what Zion's played. I mean, the other crazy thing about him, too, at this point is how young he is. I mean, he's only 22 years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a one-and-done at Duke. I mean, he's just, just an absolute okay. baby in the NBA. So how many games does Zion have in his four-year career? In his four-year career, uh, 114 games so far. Greg played? In his first four years. Greg, I mean, played he misses entire four, first year. Yeah, Greg played in and in three years, years. hundred and five, hundred and five. So he, he are might, we sure about that? I'm staring. I'm at, looking at uh, right now. Basketball, basketball reference, reference games, one hundred and five. That was in his career, career though. He had career, games in three, my three seasons in Miami though. I'm talking the first four that years. That includes well the first Miami. four years. Yeah, I'm saying oh touche. Yeah, yes. you're right. If we're going the Zion time too, eighty two, eighty two. Yeah. As I think my computer is now making noise for some reason. So Zion is slightly I mean Zion's slightly ahead of cuz cuz Greg Oden misses his entire first year and he misses his entire third year and his fourth year and his fifth and, year yeah, and I mean, that was him. The only yeah. time we ever saw him was year 2 and then yeah. he played 20 something 30 something games and yeah, then year played. 3 was when he you know well yeah yeah 61 games so in. obviously the injury thing hasn't bitten him quite the same but it's it doesn't feel like it's that far yeah it's just look I, and and this is a sad one for me because of all the guys that like Zion is so damn fun to watch he's so unique with his body shape and to you to your point about bully ball like you just injuries suck man and you get this again with Zion it felt like at the start of the year 
it was one of those moments of like, hey, he's back. He's healthy. Look at New Orleans. I think for a moment they were the number one seed in the Western Conference. You're like, this is kind of it. He's putting it all together. And then you, you fast forward, he's played in 29 games. And as he's starting to ramp things up to come back around the All-Star break, now he is out. Uh, uh, extended and we, we got to wait and see how what's long. what sucks about him final thing what sucks about him is if he's healthy he's in any conversation of best player in league I really believe that I know he's not the same as Giannis Giannis is probably still it but he's in that to me I think he could be in that Luka conversation I think he's that kind of impact player and obviously he can't shoot but it it almost doesn't matter with the way he plays. No, nope. well, even that too. You're shooting 37 percent from three. I know he wasn't. He's not a high volume. Not guy a high volume guy, but 37 percent isn't bad. And I, I do believe, actually, I'm trying to because the spot track was being a little confusing. He did sign his rookie max extension well, this yeah. last summer. Yeah, five years, 193 million. 190. Yeah, and that doesn't even kick in until the start of next year. So he's still on his rookie deal, and so he's got a five year, 193 million dollar contract coming his way that could rise all the way to two. Makes an All NBA team. Doesn't necessarily think that look like that's going to happen this year, but I just it was kind of lost in the shuffle. Everybody's focused on the Super Bowl. There's a lot going on, and then I saw that headline. I'm like, damn, that. I mean, it just sucks. I love watching him play. Plays with a lot of joy. Seems like a good dude. We're all rooting for him. It just is an unfortunate situation, and maybe that body type uh, is not going to last long term in the NBA. And it does apply to the Blazers because without him, New Orleans has been terrible, and they're one of those teams that's in that jumbled mess from five essentially all the way through. You know, what would it be, twelve or thirteen with the Lakers? There's only a couple of games separating all of them in New Orleans. Orleans is one of those teams I ain't going to be out for a while. Let's empty the bag. The mail sack. Your questions welcome. 503-864-6326. That's a new fan text line. Get your questions in, and uh, we'll answer them. Come up next. All right. Sam is Finiari coming up bottom of the hour. We'll talk a little Golden State Warriors blazer beef with him. He covers the Warriors. So what the hell is going on down there? Uh, let's get to the sack. You guys ready? Sack it up today. Valentine's Day edition of the sack. No, dude. Get right to the meat. All-time great line. All-time great. Oh, Schultzy. Schultz, we love Schultz. Get right to the meat. got to get right to the meat. Let's get right to the meat, okay? Uh, so since we're getting right to the meat, how about this one? This one just got texted in. Sure. There's allegations in here uh, that I find funny. Uh, mail sack question. Sprague is obviously the low-T guy in the crew, but I'm curious to know which one of you goes the biggest for Valentine's Day. Um, How's your tea? How's your tea doing? Your tea okay? I think my tea's fine. I, I'm assuming the low tea th- part part of that is like I don't celebrate this holiday the way other people do. I don't know what it's in reference to. Or is that just a generalized? <laughs> I don't. I I have low tea. I don't know. A guy texted in earlier, or a gal said, yeah. uh, "I don't really like dirt, but I liked his blazer point." And I said, "Thank you." <laughs> Appreciate that. That's a great text. Yeah. It's like okay, thank you. Can we print that out and hang <laughs> it in the studio? I don't really like dirt, but I like his blazer point. That was a good point. I was like, oh, <laughs> all right, well. Okay, I'll take it. A low T guy would get offended by the low T comment, but good T guy doesn't care. So. You got good T? Yeah. You on that new Gen X? I mean, I don't know. How do you gauge your T levels? It's could you hump three, four times a day like a rabbit? I'm still there. <laughs> it's still there. Still I don't, I don't wake up like not feeling anything. <laughs> still rushing. You know, the blood's rushing, and I'm waking up and having to walk it off. And how's your T doing, Swigard? You got good T? I have no issues with my T. Feeling good about your T? Mm. Okay. We got good tea. Uh, Who does have the lowest tea here? If we get, if we can, you find that out. I don't know. Can we do like a test? I, I don't know if I that's how know. it works. Well, I mean, they they make the commercials. They have to, well, so I mean, they to identify prick your, your finger. I'm or something. sure if you did a full blood scan, dude, let's do a would... blood scan and see who has the lowest tea. That'd be a fun show bit. <laughs> that would be a pretty good show bit. Uh, which one of you goes the biggest for Valentine's Day? Definitely not me. Not me. 
I guess by default, maybe. I mean, I get my wife like flowers. I'll get my wife no, some flowers. My wife hates flowers. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you win. Okay. I, I win then. Uh, let's see here. Another one. Do you guys get your wives gifts for Valentine's Day or can we band together and agree that this is a dumb, pointless Hallmark holiday? Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. I give her my. <laughs> you give her your what? Say that I, again. I give her my love. Oh, your love. Yeah, my love. You give her your tea? Your total tea? She's going to love it too. Well, she says she does. I love that Frank Thomas is like still fat in those commercials. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. What? Can we get like a ripped older dude to like be Flutie, the Flutie at least. Flutie's looks in good, good shape. Like Frank Thomas is as fat as he's always been. Frank Thomas is the big hurt, baby. Yes. You sign up for that big hurt. <laughs> it is a pointless holiday. It is. Um, okay, let's see. What else do we got here? Uh, mail sack question. You have to give up one for a month. Coffee, all coffee, mm. all alcohol, mm-hmm. or all meat. Which one do you choose? Alcohol, alcohol. easy. I, I, am gonna be doing it this year. Yeah, if you have to give one up for a month, yeah, it's yep. alcohol. Yeah, coffee would be tough. Meat would be third on that list. I, so I, I, I'm keeping track of every single time that I drink this year because I, I, and it's not that I had a bad year drinking. I just, I just don't find it enjoyable anymore. I never feel good. Makes me real nasally. Uh, I ha- every time I've drinking, I've only had one drink. <laughs> On the days that I have had alcohol, I'm only having one. So it, that's an easy one for me. It's yeah, no pretty alcohol. Easy. Somebody texted in, my wife's previous husband gave her divorce papers on Valentine's Day. So that means she hates the holiday and I get out of doing anything. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Who does that? That is, there must have been this some cold in the lottery, one of the man. Most spiteful things I've ever that is heard. A, yeah, that's a lot of hate in that delivery. Yeah. A lot of hate in there. Uh, continuing on the theme, mail sack <clears throat> question. Valentine's Day, generally overrated holiday. Mm-hmm. What is the most underrated holiday? That's a good question. Mm. The most underrated holiday. You can't go Christmas. Christmas is not underrated. Fourth of July is a big deal in the summer. Like, what's an what's under-the-radar one? You're just saying, you know what? I like this holiday. We randomly get President's Day off every year. That's not a good holiday. It's not a good holiday. No. But we randomly get it off of work. Um, Underrated holiday. I'm trying to associate, like, what should get more notoriety mixed with what what entertains us. Labor Day, I think, falls into that. Yeah, the NFL used to kick off on Labor Day. It doesn't but you get anymore. college football that starts. It's for people with kids. It's your last yeah. weekend. Weather's before usually the weather's good. pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. A lot of people get Labor Day off. Okay, that's a pretty widely held holiday. So we're not going to include a major holiday here. I just is there one that's underrated in your mind? You got to make the underrated argument. You know this part. This goes to my relationship, but I I would say I I actually do think Halloween is a little underrated. Okay. I'm not saying it's top two. It's uh, lost in the shuffle of the season. See, I it goes see Christmas, it. Thanksgiving, yeah. Halloween. Halloween's the most overrated. Holiday. I think if you if you Stop. polled it's the country, you're a square and you don't go to any fun parties. <laughs> I think it's because your tea's not working. I think you have a lot of tea all the time. I don't need. Any when did you go to a costume party last? <laughs> Well, costume parties aren't fun. That would be... Because you've never been invited to one. Yes, I've hosted one. You sound like somebody that's never been invited to a good costume party, so you think costume parties suck. No, I've, I've You're like the ugly one. little girl in a movie. No, who goes my to buddy the and I were the Roxbury <laughs> brothers. And becomes hot and forgets what about her love? old friends. Baby, don't hurt me. That's right. You're sitting under the tree with your fat little girlfriend under the lemon trees. That <laughs> yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's the vibe I'm getting from him. I don't know why... Here's what I will say. I tend to agree. I'm I'm more on your side of this. I don't it, like Halloween's not the top of my list or bottom of my list. I I like it because it kicks off a fun time of year. It's like the it's like the beginning of a 
You're in the middle of football season. Pumpkin spice season. Pump, you know, I, pumpkins are cool. I'm all in on pumpkins. Like oh, I, I like pants and Ugg boots, baby. I, I like the beginning. I like yeah. the beginning of the season. Yes. You know, you're in for a good run for two months, and then it's January, and we're all depressed and ready for summer again. Some years you actually get really good weather. Other you years you get a little rainy, a little fallish, winter chill in your bones. Like our you, October was great this year, and we get to dress up. I, I don't understand why you hate Halloween. Okay. I still I still go Labor Day. Swaggy got an underrated holiday. I think Labor Day, Labor Day? right there. Ah. Memorial Day. I think Memorial Day. Is you, I don't think Memorial you think Memorial Day is underrated? Yeah. I do. I don't like when you think of holidays, how long does it take your mind to get to Memorial Day? That's kinda Day? when summer when it's summertime. Not that officially kinda like you said about Halloween. Not officially sort kicks of it off. kicks off mm. summer. I'm with you there. With you there. Uh, Millsack question. What is a non-sports documentary that you've really enjoyed? I mean, I could list a thousand of them. Uh, the Basically, last... all I watch is World War II documentaries. That's my life. The last one I watched was um, Sam Cooke. Uh, what'd you think? Do you like it? Uh, it was it was really good and really sad. Really sad. Yeah, uh, really really sad. How he died is crazy. Out of left uh, field. Yeah, a lying prostitute who may have been hired by somebody else to yeah. con him. He was probably murder murdered. Him. No, he was murdered. Well, he was sure, shot. Yeah, yeah. but like nine by... times by a manager <laughs> at a hotel <laughs> randomly. Uh, you know, more. So, I mean, more so than just some random prostitute murdering him. Kind of thing, yeah. Like there, there, there was something happening. There. I mean, look, that was the era where powerful black guys speaking out and becoming, you know, the leader of movement. Oh, didn't what do we do with that? Long. Yeah, it didn't go very long. So. I'll say, I think one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Uh, very tough to watch, very painful to watch. But Ken Burns' Vietnam War documentary on PBS mm -hmm. is probably the best that I have ever seen. Uh, we watched. We didn't watch the whole thing. We watched most of it though before we went to Vietnam. It's ten episodes. It's yeah. a lot. There's a lot in there. It's a lot, and it's pretty depressing. But it was incredible. I was always well a big done. fan of the uh, documentary that was done on the Eagles when they got back together. Oh, after they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Not those Eagles. Oh, the other Eagles. Oh, the band. The band. Yeah, the band. And they hate Eagles. each other, right? Uh, they discussed that in there why they broke up and how. Um, They're coming you know. to town this weekend. They are. The Eagles are here. You know, there's sometimes you think of documentaries, too, and you're like, I know that might not be popular or worthy of it, but I wish somebody would tell a story. Like, there's a group years ago that came out when Dirt and I were children called City High. They had one real big song. What would you do if your son mm -hmm. was at home crying all alone? So one of those singers is in Sister Act 2, and he's one of the main singers in the movie. He's in that group. Have you heard the story of that group? No, I've not. I've always wanted somebody to do a documentary on this, and it would be just for me. <laughs> One person documentary. So the group is two guys and the girl, and they sing that song that was very popular. They both slept with her, and one of them had a kid with her, and their group got broken up because of that triangle of a relationship. That. That's what did it, huh? I'd love to know more details. I, yeah, I want to know more. Some there. stuff was going down. They weren't having any tea problems. Uh, Millsack question, what's your excitement level for the Netflix golf documentary show? 100 out of 100. I mean, I, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. I might have a live watch party. Yeah, I don't know. Is Are they doing – Netflix usually goes whole thing, right? Yeah. I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it's the whole thing or episode weekly. by episode I'll have to I'm dive in. No, the Netflix tomorrow. doesn't have anything that they go weekly. Okay. It's here it is, we're dumping it. I will uh yeah, be anxious to uh to dive in tomorrow at some point. And by the way, for those we just got a tweet, um we get text about this. I we know the bounce back says we didn't understand your message. <laughs> yes, we disregard did. that. Your text came through. <laughs> we did, yeah. Our I don't yes. know why we have a system created to tell the people texting Hey, your message makes no sense. 
and makes you not want to text again, but your texts are coming through. Uh, last one here. I know two more quick ones. Okay, uh, who, who would you rather have, Lamar or Jalen Hurts? I'm still Lamar. I'm Lamar. He's won an MVP. I think Lamar, with the right targets around him, I think Lamar is truly special. And I, I'm off my rocker to some. I think he can win a Super Bowl. It's part of my QB chatter that we're not going to get to today. We'll hold for tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, give him A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. A little bit different. Two pretty good Just wide get receivers. him any one great wide receiver. It'd be nice. And uh, what's the worst movie you've ever seen in theaters? Uh, the movie we hated the most. Uh, Paul Blart Mall Cops, easily the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. Don't you like that movie? I mean, I do. I think it's funny, but it's a horrible movie. I went on a blind date in Tacoma once, and I saw a sci-fi movie that was truly, truly awful. I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, but ones I can remember, we walked out of Joe Dirt. Oh, really? We hated that movie. And then it came out on DVD, and somebody randomly rented it. And we were like, what? Come on, man. We left the theater. We didn't even get high. We just loved it. Huh. So I don't know what happened there. First Dude, where's my car was also one of those. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Sean William Scott and Ashton Th- Those are not cult classics. We try to paint them as they were. That is okay. a truly awful movie. Swag, worst movie you've ever seen in theaters? Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. <gasps> Who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah. You hate that movie? Yeah, you're not that turned movie. on by cartoons, no. huh? No. Uh, Jessica dumb. Rabbit. Me and her. Stupid. What? <laughs> You're the low T guy on the show. I have not seen that movie in a long time, and I bet if I rewatched it, it would be horrible. It's been probably Christopher Lloyd is the tune masquerading as a <laughs> human. Is. Yeah, he's great. I'm putting up a poll question now. Who has the lowest T on this radio show? Me, oh. Swag, or Dirt? Okay. All right. Throw that out there. Um, okay. Let's get to Samus Findiari. He covers the Warriors. What does he make of this whole GP2 Portland Golden State thing? Uh, we will talk to him coming up next. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, Let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time. A little bit later than normal here because, uh, hey, sometimes on the West Coast, people don't want to wake up too early. I can't blame them. If I didn't have to get up for this job, I'd be sleeping my ass into. Well, he wasn't sleeping. It's what actually was he not doing? Why, well, he's, he's, he's a dad. Oh, he's got okay. Kid okay, duty. makes sense. He's got things to do in the morning. Well, I don't have kids. I don't know what the hell dads are going through in the morning. That's hard enough just to get me out of the house in one piece. You live a blessed life, my brother. That I do. Uh, let's talk about the drama in Portland and Golden State, though. And joining us now is our good friend Samus Findiari at Samus Findiari on Twitter. You can give him a follow. He's the host of the Light Years Podcast, a podcast covering the Golden State Warriors. Uh, what's your beef, Sam? Why you guys got such a beef with us down there? <laughs> First off, I want to say I wish I was sleeping, but no, I was, chas- <laughs> I was chasing a one, one-year-old around since 6 a.m. So, unfortunately, that was not why I couldn't join you. Um, yeah, I haven't... Uh, I haven't seen a situation like this happen at, at the NBA trade deadline. It's it's really unique and kind of bizarre, right? It feels like it. What's the what's the reaction been down there? I mean, I know I know how we feel up here. We're kind of taking the <laughs> like, uh, hey, you screw you. Who are you to bring up this stuff? And you knew he was hurt. Like I don't know. That's been kind of the reaction of Blazer fans. And then the drawing of Larry Nance into this in New Orleans. That was kind of out of left field. How how have Warrior fans reacted to this whole saga? Confusion. Um, you know, first they trade James Wiseman, who whatever you think of him, they did take him number two overall 
less than three years ago and with, and then pumped him up as, you know, the future and the guy who will replace Steph Curry and yada, yada. So just moving off of him was surprising. And then you acquire a fan favorite from last season. So everyone gets on board with it. And then just pure confusion over what's going on is probably the best way to describe it. Sam. Okay. So I I've tried to read and see as much on this, I, I think as possible so far. And, and if the Blazers do stupid things or bad things we we roast them all the time this is kind of one of those for me where i'm trying to see the other side i just don't see it other than is this about getting a second round or two second round picks back like what i I saw that myers press conference yesterday and his answer of well he played against us the night before so we thought he was healthy i just i'm kind of confused here of what what is the end goal for them they accepted the trade they asked for the investigation I still haven't seen any concrete evidence that they truly misled them. What do you think the end goal of the Warriors is with this? You know, my initial thought was what you guys were saying, like, oh, they found something and they're trying to haggle to get a pick back or, you know, something like that. But the more that's come out and the more I've kind of listened and talked to people, like I I actually think it is at face value their medical staff failed him and felt somewhat misled here. And it basically, to me, it comes down to like a difference of opinion in terms of medical treatment. The one thing I will say about the Warriors is uh, Rick Celebrini, who's their head of whatever, you know, you know how these titles change all the time. Like I can never keep track. <laughs> right. uh, basically, the top, the top guy on the training staff um, took over in 2018 or 19 around that point and way more uh, kind of preventative focused and way more cautious with players' health. Uh, and you see it with, um, like, the rehabs of Draymond last year and Steph Curry. And, you know, they would say it worked because those guys were able to get healthy for the playoffs last year, and obviously they won the title because of it. Um, but they're also super secretive and quiet about training stuff. So I actually think it's just more that their threshold is maybe higher than, than most, I guess mm-hmm. I would say. Okay, interesting. We're talking with Samus Findiari, uh, a light years podcast covering the Golden State Warriors at Samus Findiari on Twitter. You can go give him a follow there. Well, it, it's amazing to me too how much like the messaging has changed. Like he gets in and somebody leaks to the media that it's he's taking toward all shots and basically forced to play in Portland, pressured to pressure to play. Yeah. And then it's like, well, and then maybe that wasn't the case, but he's taking or, oral medication, oral toward all, which sounds weird to say. Oh, and I can't defend. Yeah, yeah right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm just all confusing. And then it's like, well, he's going to be out for three to four months, and now it's well, ah, no, we're going to have back by the playoffs like what are they saying what's the word down there on when they're hoping to have him back in the lineup so he's definitely out for the next month and then they said they'll reevaluate him in a month's time which i mean best case scenario means he's on the court in six weeks usually when they do the reevaluation it's like he's ready to start doing on-court ramp-up work like i said they're very slow and deliberate and they don't often disclose a ton in terms of what they're doing on the um recovery side with injuries so it's it's hard to say but all i can draw off of is like the way they've done all previous players the last couple years since rick celebrini's taken over so i think they're shooting to have him back at the end of march uh give him a couple weeks before the playoffs but like your guess is honestly as good as mine sam the interesting part i think of this with you mentioned the new training staff and the way that they kind of go about their injury stuff the the interesting part i think from the portland side of this is we don't know all the details that they did not give to Golden State or that they did, but I think what we do know is 
he played last year in the finals, and obviously he was dealing with this injury some to a certain extent. He obviously got injured via Dylan Brooks on that dirty-ass foul, but they, they had to have known that he had this injury, that he was going to get it solved. And I guess I'm just confused because it feels like this just takes a day, two days, to see any kind of injury report history and read a blog post on what Portland is saying publicly about him and his injury stuff. Like, I, I, I guess I'm just confused how they knew he was dealing with this during the finals, and now it's like, whoa, he's he's dealing with this? They, they just had him like six months ago. So your confusion's uh, just as aligned as mine. So I'm like, I'm still trying to piece it together is the best way to put it. I, I think I was seeing stuff to do with like inflammation they didn't know was existing there, and in their minds that means – he needs to rest. Um, watching him on Thursday, literally the day before the trade, like he didn't look as explosive as he used to look, but mm-hmm. it's also a single game. And you, you watch as much NBA as I do. Sometimes guys just are, you know, like going in second gear for lack right. of a better term. Like, so I never really overreact to that stuff. I, I would if it was like a two-month thing where you're watching every game and he looks slow. Um, so I don't know. It, it seems <laughs> – I really do say I, you guys should take it at face value that the trading staff feels like he needs time off to rehab this. Yeah. Uh, my favorite theories have, have come in. The league has stories like this pop up. Everybody runs with it. My first favorite theory is Golden State didn't want to give him the bag he wanted, but they, they wanted to get him back, so they convinced him to take the bag and then sabotage his way out. <laughs> and then my second favorite conspiracy theory is Golden State is actually doing the bidding of the league and drawing problems to Portland to really just push out Jody Allen and get us <laughs> Phil Knight as the new owner. Which I actually wouldn't be upset if that hey, was I'd be the all goal. for that, man. All this hatred for Golden State's going to melt away if this gets Jody <laughs> Allen out of the picture. You think sometimes you get these stories, Sam, and... What's, what just happened? All right, we're all just right, hitting buzzers. Now we're just hitting I think buzzers. that means it's time for Sam to go. <laughs> but you know, how, you know how the league operates where you get these random weird-ass stories where... You have a position you don't know how to feel about it, and instantly you get all these conspiracy theories. The NBA is ripe for conspiracy theories more than any other sports league in the U.S. Like, have you guys noticed that? Like, you, you don't get as many of the uh, the conspiracies in the NFL or mm-hmm. MLB that you do that you do in the NBA. You know, I, it might be Tim Donahue's fault. Let's be honest. You know, but it's like there's just a million of them out there. So I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, I mean, the conspiracy theory going around. Uh, the Bay, the Bay Area with Warriors fans when the trade got, um, you know, they wanted to rescind it or whatever they were doing there. It was like, oh, no, ownership wants to bring Wiseman back. That's what this is about, you know. Uh, that was like the conspiracy theory we were running with for a day. Um, um, you, you never know. I don't think – ultimately that was not the case. But, yeah. you know, knowing the backstory on, like, how invested they were in him, it just seemed so uh, – I, I just it's funny that like, oh, of course they're going to pull out of the trade to, to bring it back. Right. Well, look, I, we talked a little bit about GP uh, when he signed with Portland. Uh, you, you talked about the impact he had. We could clearly see that in the finals. I, I guess I would just ask because I, I couldn't have been more wrong. There was some chatter, some narrative stuff with him with locker room and off court and how healthy was he? Could he play sooner than he actually did? Like there was some stuff coming out and, I just dis- right. I dismissed it. I this dude is a dog. I watched him lead an Oregon State program to the NCAA tournament. I just kind of believe in him. How surprised are you that he signs that deal and this quickly he is traded and returns back to Golden State? Like how surprised were you that that happened? I mean, I was 
honestly, I was, I was shocked that, that that's who they would go for. It made sense to me after they did it. Like, if they wanted to get a player to help them, someone who had played in the system clearly is going to be able to pick it up faster, although I guess he's not going to play anytime soon. <laughs> um, but then, like, you know, acquiring Sadiq Bay or someone like that where, like, you don't know if the fit's going to work and you don't know how long that sort of thing's going to take. Um, yeah, the whole situation's curious. It does it does seem like uh, it, it just he never got healthy after the surgery. Like that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. It doesn't seem like uh, he feels like he's healthy. And like, I, I just don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely, at least we're, we're rivals. Now we got to hate each other. This is the way it's going to work. <laughs> and uh, Sam is Findiari. We always enjoy our conversations, but we now officially have to hate you. That's the way these relationships go. <laughs> he hosts the light years podcast on the golden state warriors and go give him a follow on Twitter at uh, Sam is We always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the insight on the golden state side of things down there. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. There you go. Sam is Findiari. On the Golden State-Portland saga, I mean, it just sounds like even them down there, they're just as confused as we are. I feel vindicated. Yeah, I mean, they're saying, well, he's just going to be out for a month, so I think that's their argument. Like, he is going to miss time. He's not going to be back, and so clearly he was, I guess, more hurt, and their staff is taking it differently than Portland staff. Um, but I think they're also yeah. meeting it with the, I, I don't know, none of this makes sense. So we'll see what happens. The NBA is investigating it, seeing if there's any malfeasance by the Portland Trailblazers. I highly doubt anything's going to come from that, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Let's get you set for your night in sports, including the Blazers, who are playing in the second of a back-to-back. The Wizards uh, are in town tonight, and uh, we're going to wrap it up there in your night in sports next. To the pop song that I'm singing, ding ringing, funky beats ringing. All right, a couple of things to keep in, uh, in mind for tomorrow's show. Tomorrow, or today is the deadline, I believe, for Derek Carr, the Raiders situation. We know how it's going to play out, though. They tried to trade him to New Orleans, but he has to opt in to a $40 million year on the contract and then get traded, and he has a full no trade clause. So he has to agree to the team that he is going to get traded to. And uh, Derek Carr made the right decision because he's going to hit free agency and now have his pick. He might not get 40 years guaranteed for a year. So maybe cost him a little money. I don't think money matters to him. I think the guy wants to win. And so go pick your team you want to go to. On top of that, the team that gets you won't have to give up assets to go get you. (laughs) What's it going to cost? First round pick, maybe a young player. Like I don't know what the asking price is for Derek Carr, but pick your spot in free agency. So that is looming uh, either tonight or tomorrow. The deadline is coming up. He's going to be a free agent. I want to talk a little bit about that tomorrow and how much he has left in the tank. Also, rumors randomly swirling over the weekend, probably a negotiation tactic, uh, that the Ravens would entertain the notion of trading Lamar Jackson. Well, they just hired an offensive coordinator. Todd Munkin from Georgia. And people are instantly going, hey, uh, Todd Munkin here. Guy who did a lot with Stetson Bennett. That he did. They should go get Stetson Bennett in the fourth round. They should actually get Lamar Jackson a a GD wide receiver because I'm tired of debating if Lamar Jackson is a great quarterback when he's had, what, (laughs) Marquise Hollywood Brown as his best possible target? It's ridiculous. How about you care about your offense? Please. New England Patriots, you learned this the hard way this year. What'd you have to go do? You had to go get an OC because it's a joke that you had Joe Judge and Matt Patricia calling your plays. The Ravens, I'm looking at you. You have a league MVP. He'll be healthy at the start of the season. He's one of the more dynamic players in NFL history. And your best target has been a tight end, which, look, we see Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Sure. Obviously, Lamar's not Pat Mahomes. So can we get him some targets, please? Their GM had a quote this weekend, too, basically saying, well, you know, once you start paying a quarterback a certain amount of money, it becomes a little more difficult to uh, put talent around. And everybody immediately pointed out, wait a minute. 
You've had this dude on a rookie contract for five years, and you've never spent on wide receivers. Don't use Lamar's contract as the excuse of why you're not doing it. You know, going back to the mail sack, last documentary I actually watched was the Ravens 30 for 30. I'd forgotten that I just watched that. Oh, yeah. And it's it's fantastic. The Ravens have that season in 2000. You know, they followed it up since of just being a consistent, stable organization. They get another championship in uh, 2012. You can't argue with success. But in the same way, they're a poverty franchise. They're they're not a big spending franchise. They win with the margins. They win with good coaching, mm-hmm. which is great. Like if you're a Ravens fan, you're hearing what I'm saying, and you're probably getting upset. And Joe Flacco having a random Eli Manning run that came out of nowhere. Don't take that the wrong way. Like you still take the success, and if you're successful post Lamar, nobody's gonna be shocked. But when you're dealing with franchise quarterback stuff and you're unwilling to pay and you're unwilling to get targets on rookie deals, what do you want me to conclude? You're $100, millions of, $100 million apart. I'm just supposed to believe Lamar wants 300 guaranteed or 280 guaranteed. No, you're offering him $100 million guaranteed. That's not what the market is. The market is paying quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts might earn $50 million a year with a contract extension that he's eligible for. And yeah, that's a big price. That's what quarterbacks are going for. It's the market. Either so, move on or, or pay them. If you want to play the cheap game, it's worked. Keep playing it. Good luck to you. But either get him out of there or go get him a target. Yeah, tend to agree with you on that. I do want to talk a little bit about that tomorrow. I'm very excited for the golf documentary to come out on Netflix tomorrow as well. It's going to be a nice little Wednesday. Fun little Wednesday. Blazers back in action tonight. We got we got a little little back-to-back night. The Washington Wizards are in town. They were down by 20 last time these two teams they played. They came back and won. Won some money. Won good money on that yeah. game. Uh, they are a slight favor tonight. I didn't touch the game last night. Are we touching the game tonight? Kyle Kuzma out. Uh, no. Okay, we're no touchies. I mean, I think Hands they'll off. win, but I don't trust it. Okay. Hands off. Hands off the Blazers tonight. They can get back to 500, though. The Wizards in town, 7 yeah. o'clock tip. There you go. Three-point spread. Uh, that will do it for us, folks. If you miss any of the show, go catch the podcast, 1080thefan.com, at Dirt and Sprague, at 1080thefan. We'll tweet it out as soon as we are done here. We just chatted with Sam Esfindiari, who covers the Warriors about their side of the GP2 trade saga. Thanks for being a part of our Tuesday. Have a happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Hope you're not in hot water at home with the lady. And uh, we will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Colin is next. This is the 1080 The Fan. Oh.